dedicated to encouraging you, our listeners, to move beyond that fear, to solve riddles they don't want us to unriddle, to investigate supposedly ironclad truths, to unearth evidence buried for so long they believed it would stay buried. Season 3. It started with a deranged Oregon magician who bit the head off a ferret during a holiday show for children. At least that's what we've been told. Since then, the disease called Kofefi-19 has raged across the globe. Yes, the virus has separated us, isolated us, shaken us. But it can't take away our sense of incredulity. We know that 5G cell waves make us more susceptible to the virus. The doctors Deborah Burks and Anthony Fauci lead the medical wing of the deep state, and that Bill Gates is seeding the eventual vaccine with nanocrystals to track our locations 24-7. We've been told less about the Redmond Institute of Virology, an Oregon-based VSL-4-level biosafety facility that just happens to experiment with ferrets. This season on Optophobia, we'll track down the distortions, the assumptions, the omissions. Are you bored by the lies? Open your eyes. Hi, everybody. I'm your host, Jack Klompas. Honeybees are the new whales. Everyone wants to save them. For 15 years, colony collapse disorder has devastated the world's bee population. Between 2017 and 2018, 40% of honeybee colonies collapsed. That is an environmental disaster, but it's also a potential economic disaster. Bees pollinate $15 billion worth of U.S. crops every year, and honey is a big business. Big Honey is a $5 billion industry in the U.S., employing more than 20,000 people. In 2018, Americans consumed 555 million pounds of honey. That's more than one and a half pounds of honey per person. And most of that is through foods like bread and cookies. And Big Honey is increasingly marketing its product for its health effects. But colony collapse disorder is having an effect on business. 2019 was the worst year for honey production in nearly a decade. Big Honey is in big trouble. And our guest today has a unique perspective on how that's connected to the Kofefi-19 pandemic. First, though, I want to introduce our second co-host for this season of Optophobia. Last week, we met Gino Romero, an aspiring bagel sommelier from the Bronx. We also recapped a bit about how Kofefi-19 swept across the country after an Oregon magician called the Great Baked Potato bit the head off of a ferret during a holiday performance for children in December. That's the government story. And a closer look at the Oregon situation reveals that the great baked potato, whose real name is Ron Smate, lives around the corner 
from the Redmond Institute of Virology, which is a BSL-4 level biosafety facility that had been experimenting with ferrets and from which at least 230 ferrets escaped together in mid-December. So let's meet my other co-host, who's going to help us open our eyes to other Kofefi-19 lies that we've been fed, Peachy Jennings. Peachy, thank you so much for agreeing to co-host with me this season. Of course. Couldn't be happier to do it, Jack. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? I'm from Barbersville, West Virginia, a very small town. As you can see, I don't necessarily have a West Virginia accent. That's because uh, in school I used to get taunted taunted for my accent. I yes used to use a lot of hard R's. Things like water. You know, water, water, water. You people call it water. Water used to call it. Is that a typical West Virginia accent? Is that part of the West Virginia accent or is that why no, you made fun not. of it? No, it's not. It was it was a special trait of mine. Hmm. Um so I had to, you know, try and navigate my vocal cords to to assimilate a bit, but also at the same time also be a little bit of my own, you know. Yeah, so you kept a little bit of it to to establish your own uniqueness, exactly. your own personality. But really the the formation of my actual way of speech now is mostly based on uh the mimicking that I have done of all of the smooth jazz records I've ever listened to. I found it very easy to change the structure of my own vocal intonation by copying everything I heard at least once, if not 13 times over, uh, from the various jazz, smooth jazz records I grew up listening to. Yeah, that's one thing I did know about you is that you are a smooth jazz aficionado. Enthusiast, aficionado. For the non-fan or for somebody who's new to it, what is smooth jazz? How would you define it? This is my favorite question. So smooth jazz, as you know, is an outgrow of, it's fusion. It's jazz, but it's not as abrasive. You know, when when I think of jazz, just J-A-Z-Z jazz, I think of a lot of hard trumpets, hard saxophones, very hard, aggressive, pointy sounds. And smooth jazz is everything jazz has to offer, but covered in like a petroleum-like jelly. So it is therefore smooth. How did you first come across smooth jazz in West Virginia? I was in an elevator at the town hall. We had one one town hall in the city center. I was there for my my mother's traffic ticket. She was going 69 in a in a 15. Uh, and so there I was listening and then I could hear, you know, some some layers of synth and then some light funk and then some light funk bass and then some elastic guitars. And then some trumpets, but not those pointy trumpets. And I just fell in love. And I went home and I I got my library card and I went to the library and I started taking out records. And now we have Spotify. Now I can have smooth jazz at the tip of a finger. And I just couldn't be more excited to listen to Norman Brown whenever I please. When you were first listening to smooth jazz, did you ever 
get the desire to take up one of those instruments or did you want to just remain an enthusiast uh, on the listening side of things? You know, so I get this question a lot because I, I actually now I volunteer at the music section of the library. You can still rent music at the library. I don't know if you knew that. I did not know that. That's where I volunteer. Uh, that's my day-to-day. Uh, obviously not on Saturdays and Sundays because that's, that's me time. But I volunteer there. And I get this question a lot like, Peachy, why have you never in your life touched an instrument? And the answer is, is simple. They themselves are cold. And I, I typically have a very low body temperature as it is. So I don't want to aggravate my chilliness by putting my hands on an entity that will therefore make me chillier. The instrument itself is chilly. Exactly. Exactly. It's interesting that a chilly instrument could form such smooth sounds. I completely agree. That the fact that these talented, talented artists, that they are then blowing the hot air that they are so lucky to possess. Mm-hmm. And they blow it through these cold, chilly instruments and it comes out like you just can't even believe that it's not butter. Peachy, what has been maybe a standout or maybe some sort of focus that you've had in terms of the Kofefi lies that the government has been telling us? Is there anything that you in particular have kind of homed in on? Absolutely. So as I said, the times when I am volunteering at the library from 9 to 11 a.m. Monday through Friday, I don't have a lot of people coming to the music section of the library. I'm just going to be honest because we all have phones and computers and smart things to stream on. And so I'm really just there for show and to answer any questions that people have. But I will say, like anyone else, I do spend some time on my phone. And I got bored from, you know, the podcasts I normally listen to or streaming, you know, more Norman Brown. So I kind of ventured to this app. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called TikTok. Mm. So I've been a lot on TikTok and I noticed that when I started watching TikTok, you know, the views obviously increase. And obviously these videos are very short, 15 to 23 second videos, but they are best streamed in what type of environment, with what type of signal? 5G. Oh. So I'm noticing that the videos that have the most views are videos with rodents, specifically those of the long tail variety. You picking up what I'm throwing down here? Jeff? I think I see where you're going. Yeah. I see where I'm going with this. So in combination with the views that go with those videos that are of the animal variety, rats, squirrels eating pizza, ferrets, naked mole rats just being naked, those videos get a lot of views. But on the parallel, you have all these dance videos. People are obsessed. They will just pick one song and then there will be thousands and thousands of attempts at this single, you know, this type of dance move. And my theory is that the people doing and producing these dance moves 
are then perpetuating the sickness and the illness that is being spread by the rodents who are getting all of the views. These two systems are overlapping. And, and since both are the most available and the most streamlined when they are in 5G streaming, it seems that because the animals are inherently sick always compared to these people who are basically having their own form of sickness by spreading these viral dances. And I think that is just perpetuating the sickness that the animals are already spewing into the world. So that's how those two things work together. A sick, symbiotic relationship between them. That is a frightening picture that you paint, Peachy. Very different from the smooth jazz world that you describe so beautifully. Exactly. Well, that is something that I hope we can keep diving into as the season goes on. If you are new to optophobia in general, welcome. Uh, Please check out our website, optophobia.org. You can learn a little about our first two seasons. So unfortunately, the guest that we had scheduled for today, Parrotsville, Tennessee, podiatrist Franny Kang was unable to make it. Franny, of course, made her name in recent weeks as the leading voice of the movement positing that a major cause of Kofefi-19 transmission is by listening to the soundtrack of any movie starring Antonio Banderas. Makes sense. Franny sent an email yesterday letting our producers know that she had been temporarily deafened attempting to test her own theory by listening to Ballistic X versus Seaver at what she called drag racing decibel levels. So we'll have to have her back on the show at a later date when uh, she gets a little bit better. We were very, very lucky Lucky. to, at the last minute, book our guest for this week. Florist Phoebe Shoemaker is with us. Phoebe, welcome to Optophobia. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Jack. Hi, PG. Thanks so much for having me. Um, I will say I'm a little offended that you use the term florist. I am a flower artist, and oh. I prefer to be called that. Oh, sorry. Tell us a little bit about that. Tell us about the when that name florist became sort of... Um, on the outs. On the outs. Thank you. Of course. Sure. Um, about 10 years ago, to be precise, because not a lot of people realize that the root floor actually means to hate, and the... Uh, suffix ist means me. So to hate me is pretty derogatory. Wow. How did nobody know that before? I'm I'm terribly uh, sorry that I used that term. It's fine. People are blind to the norms of society, which is why Kofefe is spreading so rapidly. Powerful word. Yeah, exactly. Well, tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became a flower artist. Sure. So I am Phoebe Schumacher. And historically, I come from a family of shoemakers, but I just couldn't do what my parents did before me. So I moved to the most bustling nearby city of Slickpoo, Idaho. It's small, unincorporated. And I decided after a few years there that it didn't have enough greenery. It didn't have enough vibrancy. Hmm. So I wanted to make it beautiful. I wanted our citizens to be proud and not shamefully embarrassed by somewhat of a goofy name. I know what that's like, Phoebe, because being originally from Barbersville, it is currently spelled B-A-R-B-O-U-R-sville, but it used to be B-A-R-B-E-R, where the town founders were all 
barbers. They cut mostly gentlemen's hair. And then people thought we shouldn't, you know, be forced to live in this this past. So they changed the name. And I, I feel like we are making them proud. Stop mandating haircuts. Exactly. Phoebe, I'm wondering if you can describe what Slick Poo was like a little bit before you decided to brighten it up. Yeah, just very small. It's on the border with Oregon, if you're familiar with that state. Yes. Very small. There was about 4,000 people in total. It was a mining town originally, and just a lot of desolate landscape. I noticed only three other flower shops in the whole city. Wow. So I decided I needed to add another better, more vibrant shop. Because now Slick Poo is about 5,000 people, so it's really grown. Bustling. And we just, people deserve to have the greenery in their homes. I love that. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful notion to want to really revitalize your hometown. Did you go to school to become a flower artist? Sure. So there was a lot of angst in my family because of the whole shoemaker stuff. I never liked the clogs my parents made. I never, I just really wanted a pair of Adidas in high school. I love Adidas. Yes, yeah, so beautiful. The stitching, incredible. But my parents said, no, only wool, only wood, only our ancestors' fabrics. And while on a walk, thinking about my future, and I came across a beautiful blue azalea. And I looked at it, and it spoke to me, not literally, but it spoke to me. And I said, this is my this is my passion. This is my future. I have to say this, Phoebe. This is an uncanny coincidence. One of Norman Brown's most famous songs is The Night of the Blue Azaleas. You're kidding me. I'm not kidding. Look at I will send it to you immediately. Can you hum a little bit of it for me? Just to, uh... Oh yes. <clears throat> That is smooth. Yes. And what is the name of your store? It's called Phoebe's Fun with a PH. Phoebe's Fun Flowers. Also with a PH? Yes, of course. And how's business right now? It might be uh, a time when people really could use some vibrancy in their lives. You'd think that, wouldn't you? And because everyone's falling for this pandemic, I've had barely any customers. And it's just absurd. But you know what I have had quite a bit of recently? Honeybees. I had at least 40 in my shop yesterday alone. And honeybees are not native to Idaho, Jack. Let's take a really quick break because that is exactly what I would like to talk to you about. We are going to be right back with Phoebe Schumacher. Okay, we are back with Phoebe Schumacher. Phoebe, you were telling us before the break about the sudden descending of way more bees than is normal on Phoebe's Fun Flowers. Tell us a little bit more about that. Sure. So it first came to my attention about, um, I don't know, five months ago, and I was just wandering around, a little frightened at the news of Kofefe, a bit hesitant if it was even real. And I saw a bee just wander into my shop. 
I thought, ah, oh, yes, okay, save the bees. I'll be nice. I won't kill it. I won't shoo it. Was it? Did it come in the front door, back door, side door, window? I'm not even sure. I feel like it just descended through the ceiling almost. Because one minute I'm there, and it's not, and the next it's there, and I am as well. And you are there, yes. We're both there in the same astral plane. So I watch it just because I'm bored out of my mind. No one's coming into my flower shop. And I watch it just actively draining the vibrancy and the colors from my flowers. It's not there to pick up pollen. There's no nectar depositing. It is just siphoning the blues, the greens, the roigy bibs from my beautiful flowers. The love. The love. Exactly. Thank you. I feel like you really understand this. Absolutely. They sound like vampire bees. They're they're actually draining the hues and vibrancy from your flowers. Exactly. I've never experienced anything like it. And so what did you do? Well, first I ignored it. I thought maybe it was a a moment of weakness in my sadness that I had less customers. But then I thought, no, this is absurd. I'm from Slickpoo, Idaho. I deserve answers. So I went to my local officiants and I said, these bees are draining. And they said, ah, forget the bees. We have murder hornets. And I thought, okay, interesting. And they said, we also have Kofefe 19. I said, you seem awfully distracted to focus on the real issue of bees draining color from the world. And they did nothing. Wow. Okay. So you brought this to the attention. What was it of local officials? Sleep who's mayor. Mayor. Uh, their name is, what's their name? Um, Abraham Lincoln, the 15th. Oh. Yes. Any relation to? No relation. None. No. Okay. Just the 15th is? Just a favorite number, I believe. Yeah, I'm not sure. Totally. So you brought this to the attention of Mayor Lincoln. It's actually Mayor the 15th. I'm sorry. I think. Mayor, mayor the 15th. And he did nothing, but... I'm wondering if you started or when you started to make this connection between bees, big honey, and kofefi. Though I disagreed with my family in the Schumacher way of rejecting Adidas in Nike, I did inherit their motivation and willpower to preserve. We're a long line of people. So I moved forward, and I decided to do my own research. As you should. Thank you. I'm not going to be a sheep. Schumachers aren't sheeple. So I googled honey, and immediately I see save the bees. And I think, save the bees? They're killing us. Why would I save the bees? So I click on that, and I read about what Jack alluded to earlier, colony collapse disorder, the the disintegration of beehives across the nation, across the world. And I think, I don't see that happening personally. I had at least 15 bees in my shop yesterday. And then I thought, well, who's who's benefiting from this? The bees, certainly. But who gets things from the bees? Big honey. I look at Desert Creek Raw. I look at Manuku. Manuku. I look at Wildflower. I'm on all their websites. And you know what? All of them share some letters with Kofefe 19. (gasps) Is that a coincidence? I don't think so. Can't be. Cannot be. So I personally think that colony collapse disorder is actually referring to humanity. And we're collapsing 
while the bees are injecting kofefe into our flowers and then producing honey filled with kofefe. So while you're sick, your throat is scratchy because you have an illness, what do you take? Tea with honey. What makes you sicker? That tea with that honey. I have so many questions. So many questions. So number one comes to my brain. Phoebe, how do you protect your integrity, your own flowers, from becoming these specimens that are going to be producing Kofefi-19 and further perpetuating this pandemic? It's hard. It's hard to say out loud. I'll say that for sure. Take your time. I can't stop the bees. They've been coming in out of nowhere. So I've taken to, when I see the bees on a particular plant, I'm sorry, this is so hard to admit. I've been burning them. The bees or the plants? The plants. The plants infected by the bee. Oh. Bee is in it, then good God, I hope it burns a slow, painful death. I burned my favorite blue azalea. <gasps> Mr. Big, the other day, named after the popular Sex in the City character. Now, one thing that uh, struck me when you were talking, Phoebe, is that this is a clearly an evil plot by the by the Mr. Bigs of Big Honey. Thank you. How do you think that they plan to make money in the long run if we all die? Are they trying to come up with a honey-based vaccine that they will then offer the world, you know, sort of an antidote to their own poison that they've given us? What is the what is their ultimate goal? Infect us before they cure us. Very interesting, Jack. Yes. So right now they're upping the fear and hysteria around supposed Kofefe-19. They're just trying to get in our minds, make it psychosymptomatic of sorts. Oh, I have kind of an itchy throat. Do I maybe have Kofefe? How can I, how can I stall these supposed symptoms? Honey, honeycomb, raw honey, processed honey. And then also, we all know honey is easy to get on our skin. And so it's also very difficult to wash off. Very sticky. Very sticky. So they're relying on WHO guidelines to wash your hands properly, which is actually just deepening the honey into your skin. I'm sorry, you said WHO? Exactly, the WHO. Who is this? Why does everyone refer to them as who? We don't even know their names and we trust their guidelines? No, but who? Exactly, who? Were you speaking about the World Health Organization who? Or just you were just asking who? 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 Indeed. Okay, so there is clearly a plot by Big Honey and they have decided to, maybe since their sales were down, to kind of take matters into their own hands introduce some hysteria into the world via Kofefi-19 and plan to make a bunch of sales either through a vaccine or just through uh, the, the salve that is honey in the first place. In doing so, they are getting us all very sticky and uh, anxious. Do you think this is going to work, Phoebe? Or do you think, uh, and, and most importantly, I guess for you is what do you think this is going to do ultimately for, flower artists around the world well do i think it's working unfortunately yes i think society just does as they're told what it will do for flower artists it's it's tough to say because we're, we're a strong lot we've been through it we've been through droughts 
We've been through varying degrees of sun through our windows. We've been through the great fake plant phase of the early aughts. So I, I, I have hope that will prevail. I sympathize. I cannot empathize because I, as someone who works in an area around my passion, my passion has not been directly impacted yet by this Kofepi 19. And for you, it is not only your passion, but your well-being. And for the fact that these color-sucking, life-sucking bees are coming in and sucking out the good and the nutrients, but while also inputting, I I assume they're leaving some type of residual juices of Kofefi-19, and that's why you have to burn these plants. It's a vicious, vicious cycle that is affecting you, Phoebe, on so many levels, and I really hope that you and every floral artist that you know in the, tell me the name of your town again, Slick Poo? Slick Poo, that's correct. In Slick Poo, that you guys can take this by the wings. You know, Peachy, it's just amazing that you're so passionate about jazz as well, because I'll remind you, the last great pandemic happened around the golden age of jazz. And you know what was a popular symbol in Art Deco that was also popular at the time? Bees. They're telling us, they're showing us right in front of our eyes what's causing it. History, once again, could have guided the way, and we ignored it. Unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it there for now. That is so disturbing and fascinating, Phoebe. I want to thank our guest this week, Phoebe Schumacher. Uh, Some amazing guests to start off our season. I also want to thank my new co-host, Peachy Jennings. Peachy, I'm really looking forward to spending this season with you and talking to some more really fascinating people like Phoebe. And I with you, Mr. Klumpus. (laughs) Please join us next week when our guest will be Bashful Jones, a computer programmer from Ashflat, Arkansas, who believes the government is keeping us inside because it thinks we all look a little exhausted and shitty. And it's embarrassed for us to be out in public. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Optophobia. I am Jack Klompas, and I will leave you with this. When two actors step onto the stage at the same time, only one can raise the curtain. If you've got theories about Kofefi 19, we'd like to hear them. You can find us on our website, optophobia.org, or on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at at Optophobes. And please subscribe and rate the show if you like it. Thank you to Aubrey Peterson, who played Phoebe Schumacher. Aubrey performs with Washington Improv Theater Ensemble Team The Lineup. Follow her on Instagram at at obs underscore olutely. Aaron Murray played Peachy Jennings. Aaron performs with Madeline, a Washington Improv Theater House Ensemble, and The Lodge. Follow her on Instagram at at Yearny B. Murray. Optophobia was produced by Tim Townsend. Our music was composed by Bart Warshaw. Cover art by Claire Smalley. Website by Chance Griffin. Thanks for listening. Until next week, keep them open. Keep them open.